Poor Old Bill. Chapter Ten of A Dreamer's Tales by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On an antique haunt of sailors, a tavern of the sea, the light of day was fading. For several evenings I had frequented this place in the hope of hearing something from the sailors as they sat over strange wines about a rumor that had reached my ears of a certain fleet of galleons of old spain still said to be afloat in the south seas in some uncharted region in this again i was to be disappointed talk was low and seldom and i was about to leave when a sailor wearing earrings of pure gold lifted up his head from his wine and looking straight before him at the wall told his tale loudly when later on a storm of rain arose and thundered on the tavern's leaded panes, he raised his voice without effort and spoke on still. The darker it got, the clearer his wild eyes shone. A ship with sails of the olden time was nearing fantastic isles. We had never seen such isles. We all hated the captain, and he hated us. He hated us all alike. There was no favoritism about him and he never would talk a word with any of us, except sometimes in the evening when it was getting dark. He would stop and look up and talk a bit to the men he had hanged at the yardarm. We were a mutinous crew, but Captain was the only man that had pistols. He slept with one under his pillow and kept one close beside him. There was a nasty look about the aisles. They were small and flat as though they had come up only recently from the sea, and they had no sand or rocks like honest isles, but green grass down to the water, and there were little cottages there whose looks we did not like. Their thatches came almost down to the ground, and were strangely turned up at the corners, and under the low eaves were queer dark windows whose little leaded panes were too thick to see through and no one, man or beast, was walking about, so that you could not know what kind of people lived there. But Captain knew, and he went ashore and into one of the cottages, and someone lit lights inside, and the little windows wore an evil look. It was quite dark when he came aboard again, and he bade a cheery good night to the men that swung from the yard arm, and he eyed us in a way that frightened poor old Bill next night we found that he had learned to curse for he came on a lot of us asleep in our bunks and among them poor old bill and he pointed at us with a finger and made a curse that our souls should stay all night at the top of the masts and suddenly there was the soul of poor old bill sitting like a monkey at the top of the mast and looking at the stars and freezing through and through we got up a little mutiny after that, but Captain comes up and points with his finger again, and this time poor old Bill and all the rest are swimming behind the ship through the cold green water, though their bodies remain on deck. It was the cabin boy who found out that Captain couldn't curse when he was drunk, though he could shoot as well at one time as another. After that, it was only a matter of waiting and of losing two men when the time came some of us were murderous fellows and wanted to kill captain but poor old bill was for finding a bit of an island out of the track of ships and leaving him there with his share of our year's provisions 
and everybody listened to poor old Bill, and we decided to maroon Captain as soon as we caught him when he couldn't curse. It was three whole days before Captain got drunk again, and poor old Bill and all had a dreadful time, for Captain invented new curses every day, and wherever he pointed his finger our souls had to go. And the fishes got to know us, and so did the stars, and none of them pitied us when we froze on the mass or were hurried through forests of seaweed and lost our way. Both stars and fishes went about their businesses with cold, unastonished eyes. Once, when the sun had set and it was twilight, and the moon was showing clearer and clearer in the sky, and we stopped our work for a moment because Captain seemed to be looking away from us at the colors in the sky, he suddenly turned and sent our souls to the moon. And it was colder there than ice at night, and there were horrible mountains making shadows, and it was all as silent as miles of tombs, and earth was shining up in the sky as big as the blade of a scythe, and we all got homesick for it, but could not speak nor cry. It was quite dark when we got back, and we were very respectful to Captain all the next day, but he cursed several of us again very soon. What we all feared most was that he would curse our souls to hell, and none of us mentioned hell above a whisper for fear that it should remind him. But on the third evening the cabin boy came and told us that Captain was drunk, and we all went to his cabin and we found him lying there across his bunk, and he shot as he had never shot before, but he had no more than the two pistols, and he would only have killed two men if he hadn't caught Joe over the head with the end of one of his pistols. And then we tied him up, and poor old Bill put the rum between the captain's teeth and kept him drunk for two days so that he could not curse till we found a convenient rock. And before sunset of the second day we found a nice bare island for captain out of the track of ships about a hundred yards long and about eighty wide, and we rowed him along to it in a little boat and gave him provisions for a year, the same as we had ourselves, because poor old Bill wanted to be fair, and we left him sitting comfortable with his back to a rock singing a sailor's song. When we could no longer hear Captain singing, we all grew very cheerful and made a banquet out of our year's provisions, as we had all hoped to be home again in under three weeks. We had three great banquets every day for a week. Every man had more than he could eat, and what was left over we threw on the floor like gentlemen. And then one day, as we saw San Gatos and wanted to sail in and spend our money, the wind changed round from behind us and beat us out to sea. There was no tacking against it and no getting into the harbor, though other ships sailed by us and anchored there. Sometimes a dead calm would fall on us, while fishing boats all around us flew before half a gale, and sometimes the wind would beat us out to sea when nothing else was moving. All day we tried, then at night we laid to and tried again the next day and all the sailors of the other ships were spending their money in San Huagados, and we could not come nigh it. Then we spoke terrible things against the wind and against San Huagados, and sailed away. It was just the same at Narena. 
We kept close together now and talked in low voices. Suddenly poor old Bill grew frightened. As we went all along the Seractic coastline, we tried again and again, and the wind was waiting for us in every harbor and sent us out to sea. Even the little islands would not have us. And then we knew that there was no landing yet for poor old Bill, and every one upbraided his kind heart that had made them maroon captain on a rock so as not to have his blood upon their heads. There was nothing to do but drift about the seas. There were no banquets now, because we feared that Captain might live his year and keep us out to sea. At first we used to hail all passing ships, and used to try to board them in the boats, but there was no towing against Captain's curse, and we had to give that up. So we played cards for a year in Captain's cabin, night and day, storm and fine, and everyone promised to pay poor old Bill when we got ashore. It was horrible to us to think what a frugal man Captain really was, he that used to get drunk every other day whenever he was at sea, and here he was still alive and sober too, for his curse still kept us out of every port and our provisions were gone. Well, it came to drawing lots, and Jim was the unlucky one. Jim only kept us about three days, and then we drew lots again, and this time it was the nigger. The nigger didn't keep us any longer, and we drew again, and this time it was Charlie, and still Captain was alive. As we got fewer, one of us kept us longer. Longer and longer a mate used to last us, and we all wondered however Captain did it. It was five weeks over the year when we drew Mike, and he kept us for a week, and Captain was still alive. We wondered if he didn't get tired of the same old curse, but we supposed things look different when one is alone on an island. When there was only Jake's and poor old Bill and the cabin boy and Dick, we didn't draw any longer. We said that the cabin boy had had all the luck, and he mustn't expect any more. Then poor old Bill was alone with Jake's and Dick, and Captain was still alive. When there was no more boy, and the captain still alive, Dick, who was a huge strong man like poor old Bill, said that it was Jake's turn, and he was very lucky to have lived as long as he had. But poor old Bill talked it all over with Jake's, and they thought it better than Dick should take his turn. Then there was Jake's and poor old Bill, and Captain would not die. And these two used to watch one another night and day, when Dick was gone and no one else was left to them. And at last poor old Bill fell down in a faint and lay there for an hour. Then Jake's came up to him slowly with his knife and makes a stab at poor old Bill as he lies there on the deck. And poor old Bill caught hold of him by the wrist and put his knife into him twice to make sure, although it spoiled the best part of the meat. Then poor old Bill was all alone at sea. And the very next week, before the food gave out, Captain must have died on his bit of an island, for poor old Bill heard the Captain's soul going cursing over the sea. And the day after that, the ship was cast on a rocky coast. And Captain's been dead now for over a hundred years, 
and poor old Bill is safe ashore again. But it looks as if Captain hadn't done with him yet, for poor old Bill doesn't ever get any older, and somehow or other he doesn't seem to die. Poor old Bill. When this was over, the man's fascination suddenly snapped, and we all jumped up and left him. It was not only his revolting story, but it was the fearful look in the eyes of the man who told it, and the terrible ease with which his voice surpassed the roar of the rain, that decided me never again to enter that haunt of sailors, the Tavern of the Sea. End of Poor Old Bill Chapter 10 of A Dreamer's Tales by Lord Dunsany Recording by David Mack